ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of After the Movie. My name is Erica. Across from me is uh, Sir Bob. Yo. Uh, happiest of haunts this Halloween season. Uh, nice to chat with you guys. Um, we are continuing our little kind of catch-up sort of run here with a movie that we were... I think also came out in March. We're, we're catching up. We're only on March, guys. <laughs> uh, last time, as you uh, hopefully listened, we did Ready Player One. And today... We are talking about Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh boy. Now, if, if I may take you all on the journey, which uh, kind of brought us to watching this movie, which we were more than willing to just sort of let go, go aside. But uh, you see, in the heart of this uh, 34-year-old fat nerd beats the... Uh, heart of a, a, a young 12-year-old who still ships everything that moves. So after uh, uh, chatting with um, uh, one of our stalwart listeners, who was very sad that he could not be here to join us today, because uh, he very much wanted to discuss it, we'll, we'll get you on someday, friend. You, you, we, we got a space ready and waiting for you. Uh, I, for some reason, I started looking up shit and discovered that the amount of people who ship... Uh, <laughs> Newton and Herman from the first movie is Maximum, which I found <laughs> super adorable. So, well, to be fair, it's a very easy ship. Yes, you take the low hanging fruit, Bob. Of course, you take the low hanging <laughs> fruit. Duh. Also, I didn't know what ship meant until like months ago. This is true. This this is yeah. I, I do remember that conversation. I believe there was some anguished screaming. Uh, but I read the synopsis. I read a few things and I was like, are you fucking serious? And then I somehow got into my head that, hey, you know what? Let's watch it. Let's give it a fair shake. And once again, I've proved that I'm a dummy that doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, let me start. Should we Should we gush over the first movie first? Because I watched that yesterday, too. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of that. Um, and it, it's on the, our TV. Oh, it's perfect. With the stupid Dolby Atmos. Like, I'm bringing you in. Oh. I'm bringing you in. See, I feel now that I do need to watch, and I will, because it's my, one of my favorite movies, uh, Fury Road once more, uh, with the proper surround sound, because I believe I watched it in the brief period of anguish, as we refer to it in this household. <laughs> the dark times. The dark times, that five days where Bob didn't have the proper sound <laughs> and listened to Jurassic Park at the loudest volume possible. Well, I had to listen to it at the loudest volume possible because I didn't have surround sound, so to be able to hear the dialogue mixed in with the actual sounds going around it was very difficult. Uh-huh. So anyway... So I was like, okay, let's do the double feature, right? So at least that way, because that first movie, oh, that first movie. If I may uh, just share a slight little anecdote about how much we love this movie. When we were lining up to walk into our wedding, Bob actually, I believe, recited part of Stacker Pentecost's speech <laughs> from before the finer Jaeger battle. People sitting in our venue could probably hear you screaming, we are canceling the apocalypse. <laughs> and that just warms my heart. Well, I think we could start by 
we could describe something that Pacific Rim did really good. Well, here's the thing. And then something uh, the the, an, the direct analog that Uprising failed that miserably. That's just going to be the whole podcast. But I think the biggest one uh before we get into betrayals and misuses of characters and not allowing true love to save Charlie Day. Um I think the the scene you can point to that's just like what are we fucking doing? is when they uh, walk into the Shatterdome for the first time in this in the sequel. I agree with that. I have a quick aside. Oh, certainly. How do you have... How do you not have a podcast titled, What Are We Even Doing Here? Me? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, should, should, should I start another podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. More podcasts. <laughs> well, I did want to do the... What, I, the, what was it? Uh, we are living... In a society <laughs> that was a uh, a section in after the movie for like an episode, but um, I think it's survived like three. Three? Uh, I don't know that I got to three. I feel like we got. But to I three. could totally do a Larry David slash George Costanza esque podcast where I rant about the quote unquote rules of society and how no one follows them and how everyone is terrible except for me. Uh, I think that would be a big hit. And I think now I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, Erica ranting for four hours. That's what you want to listen to, right? I know I do. But anyway, so one, I was a little annoyed. Is it supposed to be the same Shatter Dome or do they just call them Shatter Domes? I believe it's supposed to be the same one. Okay. Because I didn't get that at all at first. I thought that they were like, oh no, there's Shatter Domes everywhere. And that annoyed the shit out of me because Shatter Dome is a rad name and that should be the... The one they should each have rad names, right? So that in and of itself annoyed me. Yeah. But you have this this moment in the first movie where uh, Raleigh and Pentecost and Mako are uh, walking through, and uh, uh, gift from the gods, Idris Elba is describing each. Uh, he's perfect in that movie. He is wonderful. He should play James Bond. There is this gif. Uh, from when he was on the British office, where he's just like, I understand the effect I have on women. <laughs> he says a completely deadpan, and it's amazing. Those later seasons of The Office are terrible, but his little guest stint on there was amazing. Because um, if memory serves, I think that might be right after Michael Scott left, that like next season or something. Oh, was that on the... He he guest starred on the American office. Yes. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because everyone was like, oh, fuck, Stringer Bell's going to be on the fucking office. It's <laughs> rad. Um, so uh, Pentecost is walking around and he's describing what these other Jaegers have done. You have this rad music in the background. There's this this real, like, ah, to the scene. They attempt to do that same scene in this movie. Just saying the names of the dumb robots I don't give a shit about. And it's just completely flat. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how bright this movie is? It's very bright. It's so bright. Well, it, it, it's like um, this movie is like a direct reaction to the things that were criticized about the first movie. Proving that everyone is a moron and Guillermo del Toro is an amazing filmmaker and knows what he's fucking doing and you should all just shut the fuck up. I will say, if if you're watching the movie on a screen... That is not as good as ours. So basically... Any screen? Any other screen. Wow. Uh, 
if you don't have really deep blacks, I think it it does wash out a little. It becomes maybe it muddles a, it a little. Maybe bit. a touch, but we watched that movie a fuck ton on our other television, and it was never a big problem for me. I, I think it's if you want to talk muddled, you go watch those Transformers movies where oh, you yeah. can't fucking tell like robot from robot. I, there was there was a fair amount of criticism. People said that oh it's dark and it's raining and I can't see what's going on. What what you don't like atmosphere? I guess not. Watching these things in the cold light of day was not interesting. Just it could have been interesting, but it looked terrible. Why did Every Ava battle take place at night in the city. <laughs> and that's animated. It's animated. Well, and here's the thing, if we wanna if we wanna jump to the Ava comparisons right away. And we're gonna be all over the fucking place in this. Spoilers abound, obviously. There's some interesting ideas in here. Yeah. Like I liked the whole and it's ripped completely from Ava, and that's fine. The drone like the dummy plug stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's dummy plugs in Ava, but it's the kaiju like synthetic brains that they mm-hmm. stick in the in the drone Jaegers. That's an interesting concept. I didn't. You could have just done something with that instead of bringing any kaiju in. Yeah. Like I think if you had those things morph enough with like the the biomechanical shit, that would have been f- plenty. They did remind me of the uh, uh, the Ava series from the end of the show. Remember when they rip apart Asuka? Mm-hmm. And she's alive the whole time. God, that movie's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, and not only that, yeah. and I'm just, yeah, I'm going to rant about Charlie Day like, whoa, in this, so strap the fuck in. You can't have him... You said it's, it felt like he was ripping off or just aping Sam Rockwell the entire movie. Yeah. And he was, except for like two seconds where his normal personality kind of breaks, breaks through. Because mm-hmm. he's like being possessed by, I think they called him the Precursors? Yeah. That's... Which is a name we did not say in the first movie at all. No. They're the... saying Antiverse, which I guess is where they're from. We're saying Precursor. These are not words that were used in the first but movie. To be fair, we didn't know about pre- the aliens behind the kaiju. Right. Until literally they went through the portal and saw them. No, that's not true. We knew that something was making the kaiju. But, yeah, I, I don't know. That didn't because... bother me that much. Mm-hmm. And maybe... There's so much to be bothered by yeah, in this movie. Yes, that I know. particular it's, thing it's stacks. did not bother it's me that much. Pentecosts. Um... Oh shit, we're being trained by a Pentecost? I will say one of the good things in this also is uh, John... Uh, uh, how do you say his last Boyega? Boyega. Boyega. He's delightful. Oh yeah, I appreciate his roguishness, and he's he's a blast. Um, Mako gives us nothing to do in this movie. She is killed 20 minutes in, which was fucking infuriating. I couldn't tell you the names of... Anybody else? You got the two doctors back from the first movie, uh, uh, Herman and uh, Newton, mm-hmm. and and uh, the the was he back? Is it Tango, the guy who would sit and direct the Jaegers? Tendo the, Chow. Yeah, him. Did he come back? I didn't remember seeing him. I don't remember seeing him either. Yeah. Smart man. 
Um, yeah, I don't think he was back. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, no. That's because he got killed on Westworld. Poor guy. That was him on Westworld, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, shit. I completely forgot about I that. I know. He puts the mustache on. And you can't tell. Like, he looks completely different. I mean, different. facial hair for some people, it just like... You know who else he was? He was one of the vegan police in Scott Pilgrim. That I did know. I did know that. Because uh, he's... Yeah. yeah. Oh, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> um, but no, you can't have... So he's doing this whole, like... It, it's Darth Charlie Day, basically. They got him all decked out in, like, dark suits and shit. It's pretty well telegraphed from the beginning. And then you have this moment where he kind of breaks through, uh, uh, where he's choking uh, Herman, the other doctor. And it's it's effective. I thought that was of an effective moment. But then you have him like as a cackling villain at the end, mm-hmm. or throughout that final battle. And it's like, I got to see him kind of fighting a little bit more. One of the problems I had with this movie was everything moved a little too quickly. We were flying through shit. Uh, and, you know, it started at the very beginning with, um, the opening exposition, which is a direct analog to the first oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have that. It's one of my first notes, actually. Yeah. But uh, the opening is, is trying way too hard to be the first movie. And he's flying through it. And the whole reason they... It's like they looked at the first movie and they were like, okay, we're going to do all of that, but worse. And the whole reason they did that in the first movie was because they had to establish the universe. Right. I mean, but, if you look at that first... What is it? three, five minutes of the first Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. you could have a whole movie based around Everything that happened that. that's told. Right, the start of the Kaiju War, how they first build that shit. Like, there was a reason that they had to like, okay, you guys you guys on board, and here's what we got, and now giant robots are going to fight Kaijus. And your heart will explode with rainbows. Because it's wonderful. So who's, the, I mean, who's this... Who is that section geared toward? Like, who is seeing Uprising without having seen the first movie? Well, and that's what I really don't get about some of the mindset with sequels. Because it's like, in theory, everybody going to see this, and it didn't have a two on it, it had an Uprising. So maybe they were trying to get, but if you, you're not going to like this, you're not going to like it if you like the first movie. Because the first movie is the bastion of perfection, and this is a shriveled dog turd. And I, as Bob can tell you, I was willing to give this a chance. And in the first five minutes, it completely lost me. But what was, the tone of the movie was weird. Yes. The whole way through. Um, it was way, it, it was trying way too hard to be a comedy. Um, and well, and it's like, you can have a... The first movie gave you a really good sense of impending doom. Yes, they were good at that. And, you know, consequences. Uh, But, you know, the characters... The characters are all delightful. Yeah, they they brought the comic relief and without it feeling, like, like really forced. Right, exactly. Because we've been watching, we've been mainlining fucking It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, just tap it right in. We got Hulu without commercials, guys. It's worth the extra four it bucks a month. It is worth the extra four dollars. Do not torture yourself with fucking political ads like we were doing. Like animals for a few days. And we just said, fuck it. For a few days? 
Try like an episode and a half. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's fine. You're putting me on blast. I don't appreciate that. Erica, don't do commercials. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, but no, like he just has this, he's a fucking ridiculous human being. And we love yeah. him for it. But he brings that to that first movie. And he still has like a little bit of an arc there. And like he's there for a reason. You know? Um, I forgot where I was going with this. But in the second movie, it's just kind of like... You, you introduce all of these new characters. No, I care about those people from the first movie. That's why I'm coming back. Well, you know what? One of the problems I think this had is that the first movie performed just well enough to get a sequel. So it really felt like a lot of things were like... By committee. Or by committee or like, uh, we're not... Yeah, I don't know if we really want to spend all the money to get the CG to look the way it should. Well, that's the, if we're going to talk about the CG for a moment, cute uh, 15-minute rant. Again, this just goes to show how, like... And I don't know this guy who made this movie. Maybe he's done other good stuff. I couldn't tell him from Adam. Bob's going to look him up while, I, while I'm ranting. But Guillermo del Toro takes such care and thought with everything that is put on the screen. Like, if you watch the behind-the-scenes uh, kind of extras for Pacific Rim, they talk about getting the speed and the and the cadence right in those fights, so you get a sense of scale and a sense of weight with the, the kaijus and the jaegers. And in this movie, they're just moving around like fucking people. So it just feels like you're almost watching, and I don't mean this as a bad thing because I fucking love these old shows, but you're watching like Ultraman or fucking VR Troopers or Power Rangers where it's just literally large people in suits beating... It's kaiju big battle is what it is. (laughs) And I love that, but... It doesn't fit with the pre-established universe. It doesn't at all. And all of the fights are in broad fucking daylight and it's just like... That, that annoyed me, especially after coming off the... And maybe it was just because I watched the first one on our TV for the first time, and it's like, oh, fuck, because those... The colors are so rich, even in, in the dark scenes, that it just... You completely lose that, and it just feels very flat and very... Very... Just... Ugh, you know? Very gray. Very bland. I think... Oh, this guy... He was in the writer's room for one of the Transformers movies. That's a shame. Um, And this is the only movie he's ever directed. Uh, He did some work for a Stars series, I guess, or something. What was it called? Um, Was it Spartacus? Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. I will say it's got to be Guillermo's a hard act to follow. Yes. Especially because I think the fans of the first Pacific... I mean, you either you either love that first movie or you could give a shit about it. Mm-hmm. We happen to love it. Right. Because it's a perfect little beautiful movie with weird characters and these really well thought out, like, the world felt lived in. Well, Guillermo's so good at that. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and you watch uh, uh, Hellboy 2 is one I like to point to. Where that troll market, where you go in and it's just every little bit of it has been thought out and it's it's just meticulously planned and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I love Hellboy too. 
great movie. Shame we'll never get Hellboy 3. Um, Hellboy 2, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, I love Pan's Labyrinth. Like, Mitch McConnell was amazing in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a beautiful, like... The man knows how to make a fucking movie. Well, he's so good with the visuals and his adept at storytelling. Yes. You know, um, y- you could... There, you could levy criticism that, you know, the stories maybe aren't that deep or they're a little simple, but they they work sense. Right. They're fine. Like and Mako had a beautiful arc in that first movie. Mm-hmm. Raleigh had a good arc. Notice how I'm remembering characters' names. Hey, what were the names of the people in Rogue One? Darth Vader. Five hours later. I have no idea. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, simplicity is not it, not a bad thing. That's what I always say with wrestling. There's nothing wrong with telling a simple story. Look at Mad Max Fury Road. Very simple story. Easily in my top ten. Because you get around, you, know, you can tell stories in, any me- in so many medium, right? Uh, movies are a big spectacle. Visual. Visual. Show it to medium. me visually, right. And sometimes, in order to do that successfully, you have to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons adaptations can struggle so much when they try and cram too much in. Um, Whenever anyone talks about any kind of an adaptation, I always just go to The Last Airbender. That's right. I knew you were thinking that. But what a... <laughs> we should do an episode on that. Ugh. But we'd have to rewatch it. I can't sit through that again. I am more willing to sit through Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice than watch The Last Airbender again. The movie. Fun fact, we do have people, uh, anyone who comes to our house now, they it's not BVS, it's not Batman v Superman, it is Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. <laughs> we have everyone trained. It's wonderful. And we are, I'm promising it now, we're going to do an episode on it. I don't know when, maybe over the holidays, but it's happening. We reference it gonna, all the time. Are you going to make me spend money on that again? We could <sighs> steal it. We could rent it. Yeah, I guess my money. But then, if we rent it, we're supporting our local video store. It's true. We do have a local video store. We do. Uh, what else did this movie do? Shit. No, but like. Also, you're you're. I came to the Pacific Rim party with Mako Mori, Raleigh, Hercules Henson. The fucking cute bulldog who, granted, in universe is probably dead. Newton Herman. Like, these are the people that I came to this party with. I don't... Who are these new people? I don't give a shit about any of these people. Why are these children in this movie? Why is there this little fucking transformer-looking motherfucker that completely just decimates, like, all of the lore that we were given in the first movie? Mm -hmm. What is this? What, What is going on here? And who is generic white girl with squished white family that I don't give a shit about? I don't give a shit about. This is... Squished <laughs> Bob, that was... I laughed out loud yes, when that happened. Yes, you did. Um, this is all time that you could be giving towards the characters that I actually give a shit about. Like, where's that? Right. Like, those are the people that I'm interested in and that I'm invested in. 
So why are you bringing in all of these random other people? Because they couldn't get the original cast to sign. And so what happened? Because what I was reading was Raleigh was originally supposed to be in this movie. Yeah, I don't know why Charlie Hunnam didn't ended up backing out. Maybe he wanted to do that King Arthur movie. Maybe. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> Though I haven't seen that, so who the fuck knows? And that got me pumped because it had Led Zeppelin in the. Uh, That's all you need right in there. The trailer. Hey, it's got Thor Ragnarok over the uh, <laughs> over the line. Though that movie is delightful. I did see somebody on uh, uh, the Tumblr sphere positing that uh, Taika Waititi should be, if there is a three, that's who you bring in. <laughs> Give it to him. I'd just be like, sir, please. Yeah. Right, I have notes if we need help. You, with... you need, you have notes. I have notes, yes. I don't think we really need help, but. No, but still. Uh, so, again, what I was talking about, uh, within five minutes, we're destroying the rules put in place by the first movie. They say, the girl, the little girl, she builds her own Jaeger, first of all, which is just like... Like, in the first movie, we're talking about how epic and amazing it is that this entire, like, engineering team, faced with certain death, put together the first Jaeger in 14 months. Right. Okay, and that, you know, you put one person in there and their brains would literally, like, melt out of their ears. Yo, you're telling me that this random fucking, like, 12-year-old with squished family is... <laughs> Sorry, I knew that would pop you. Is able to build one. And you know what? Fine. Maybe that is the case. But it needs to be, like, a. maybe that's the problem with it. She, like, has it, but she can't make it go because she needs somebody else to help her pilot. Because the whole thing that we've been told, and I know, I know this is petty, petty bullshit, but isn't that what you come to after the movie for? <laughs> it, the, the whole thing is like, oh, fuck. Piloting a Jaeger alone is such a... But, but it's small, Eric. Impossible hard thing because it's a mental thing. It's not a physical thing. Oh, it's hard. No, it's, it's a mental thing. You need, to, you need to share the neural load, as it were. Right. Yeah. So that annoyed the fuck out of me. Um, <laughs> it was funny. During the final battle, uh, I turned to Bob and I'm like, where do you think that little fucking scrapper robot's going to pop back up? And Bob goes, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And just no mythology to any of it. There was so, like, there was a richness to that first movie. You know? Mm-hmm. That, like, this, this just felt like... Like, you know what that the first movie is? The first movie is Auntie Helen's Cheesecake. With some good layers. It's tasty. It's simple. And it's wonderful. And the second movie is that nasty, like, sad cheesecake you get from, like, Publix or something. <laughs> where it just, it's, it, it maybe it's fine. And maybe there's some things in there that you're like, oh, I can see what they were trying to do here. But... Just overall leaves you wanting the original cheesecake. Now I just want cheesecake. Sorry. Uh, We're dieting. All we can think about is food anymore. Fuck. <laughs> oh. Now I've lost my train of thought. I had a train of thought. Sorry. Oh, no. Here's what it is. So, uh, the stupid kids. So, you've got this... In the first movie, the whole reason the Jaeger program was getting shut down was because it was becoming ineffective. 
right? Um, Was it ineffective or too expensive or... A combination of both. I mean, it was too expensive because they couldn't continue to kill the kaiju. They were getting wrecked. They were starting to get wrecked because the kaiju were getting stronger. That's right. Um, So, you know, they built up a really good reason why they were desperate and why Idris Elba was willing to go get Charlie Hunnam even though... He was a washout. Yeah. Because his brother Yancey died. So what the fuck is the reasoning that this military force, which is well-funded by all accounts, needs to go after teenagers? Oh, did you not hear the explanation for that in the movie? No, I did. and I Did did you not hear the explanation? I did. Did you not? I'm hearing that you didn't hear it. It was dumb. Because you can develop a stronger bond if you start early. Even though Minnie Brienne of Tarth did not like a uh, white girl with squished family very much. Can we talk about how they only kill the Indian kid? <laughs> like, we're watching this, and then the final... And again, we're jumping all over, I apologize. We're watching the final battle, and the one fucking Jaeger whose name I can't be bothered to remember gets fucking, like, wrecked. And they cut to the, the inside where the pilots are. White boy has kind of squished legs, but then he's standing fine at the end. They cut over, and it is the charred hand of Indian kid, like, hanging, like, kind of in out of focus in the foreground. And it's just like, are you serious? Really? Yeah. Like, fuck you guys, man. It was dumb. Really dumb. Yeah. Really, really, really dumb. Uh, and overall, the movie was... It just had too much going on plot-wise. Yes. You know, like, okay, we got... what? You've got this... Uh, the this, the, What was it? The Pan Pacific Corps? I can't remember what it was called. Pan Pacific Defense Corps. There you go. PPDC. Um, you know, that's for some reason struggling to stay funded or something. I don't know. Um, you've well, got, weren't they kind of developed, they're developing the new drones. That was the, the, well, that was the private corporation, but yeah, that was why they were like, oh, we don't need the pilots anymore. Right. Because we're going to develop the drones that are piloted like remotely. Right. Yes. Sure. Um, and uh, you've got um, the the woman who runs that corporation. Who looks like a badass supervillain. The entire movie. I appreciated her. And she's um, appropriately bitchy. I kind of loved her. Um, and she was the Mako replacement. I don't like repeating myself in any language. <laughs> I liked her. She made me happy. So you got, but you she got, wasn't really a mock because there's no. She she's just the bitchy like leader of that corporation. There's no arc there. Oh no no no. No so one really has that, an arc. That that I don't mean, like character replacement. Oh oh, you mean we have another uh, 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 Asian woman? Yes. Who we're just gonna slide in because you don't really care about Mako Mori, right? No no no. You didn't really care about her character development from the first. No no movie? no. You didn't really empathize with her after you no, saw. No, no. Her lose her family and then see angelic Idris Elba atop his Jaeger save her. 
No, see, she was just hot. Oh, remember how hard we laughed when we watched that in the theater? <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I like, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't help but laugh. It was wonderful. So yet, so yet that, and then it turns into, uh, you know, the drones are really, um, kaiju things it's kaiju uh cloned brains and then they open breaches that bring kaiju to the earth but the cloned brains are there because that's what charlie day has been doing yeah because he's and possessed then, taken over what, what are we saying I, um, hijacked what's I, what's the word we should be I, using I, I, hijacked hijacked right. Because he drifted with the kaiju brain in the first place. Right. He also has a, I don't know if it's that same kaiju brain, or another hunk of a kaiju brain in his very nice apartment. Yes. That is, uh, he calls Alice. So you get that, and then once they come through... Okay, you can't just, like, skip over something like that. That's, like, a huge, like... They skip over it in the movie, because you're like, I'm sorry, what the fuck am I watching? Well, what is going on? That's my point, though, is, like, it's just... Really convoluted. Pick something. Right. Pick something and go with it. You needed. You needed to simplify. It needed. You know, especially because then you get to the end, and then there's this shit with Mount Fuji, and can we talk? Oh, God in heaven. Well, because it was like, oh, oh. Did I lose my notes? Oh no. The notes have been lost. The notes have been lost. It means thing. Oh fuck me! Really? What? Ooh, no, recovered. I guess I accidentally hit the trash. Uh, the trash thing. Um. Uh, so they posit that the kaiju have always been trying to get to Mount Fuji, for whatever reason. But that makes no sense. But that's just that's not the case. There doesn't need to be a reason for the rampaging monsters to rampage. It could just be these precursors, whatever the fuck you want to call them, are trying to destroy, you know, it's like a ground force. Mm-hmm. You're sending wave after wave, you're, you're Zap Brannigan-ing it. Yeah. To try and destroy our defenses so that when they do finally come through, there's there's nothing left to fight them with. Right. That's enough. That was enough, and I don't need. Oh, we're gonna ignite the entire Pacific Rim and uh, destroy Earth's atmosphere, killing everyone. See, and I, 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 I don't mean to harp, but I'm going to. Again, if you're gonna have the the hijacking of a beloved character from the first movie, you he needs to be fighting it a little bit more. If we're killing everybody on the fucking planet. Including his one true love, Herman. Did you see the photo of the two of them from the first movie in the, in the workshop? It's adorable. Cowards! Save Charlie Day through the power of love. He's not Kota Ibushi. Well, I mean, who amongst us is Robert? <laughs> well, that was Kenny Omega getting the title through the power of love. Oh. It just proves that the power of love can can save you and get you what you need. Beautiful story, and I will not have you malign it on this podcast. (laughs) But no, like, there has to be maybe even a little, like, the twitch of the eye or, like, a nosebleed something. 
He's just like, no, I can't fight it. And that was it. Well, I, I like I said, I liked that whole scene. I thought that was pretty effective. Where he himself is like, I'm not strong enough. I can't fight them off. And then it reverts to it, his voice gets a little modulated and starts saying he's not strong enough. And then you see that little flash of actual Newton from the first movie, and he's like, I'm, I, it's not, I'm not doing this. They're in my head. And I was like, oh, okay. We got something going here now, and then I uh, just laughing, cackling, maniacal villain the rest of the movie. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in a while. I love the Muppets. Um, and it, yeah, it's like, what, what are we doing here? Why? Please explain to me why. No. Why is more of the movie not uh, uh, revolving around like this pre-established relationship that I care about? I don't give a shit about these kids. And Mini Brienne of Tarth fighting girl with Squish family. I don't care. I do not care. You've done nothing to endear any of these people to me. And mostly I'm just mad right from the beginning that none of the characters that I have come to care about through watching that first movie are anywhere near this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, John Boyega has enough to be like, oh, it's John Boyega. Okay, fucking rad. That's cool. I can get into that. Who are these kids? I don't give a shit about these kids. A generic white guy who, uh, uh, hot, uh, uh, woman, like, suddenly is about, like, I didn't, like, who are these characters? They're like, she's kissing his neck before the final battle, and you're like, who the fuck were you, man? (laughs) Who was that lady? She, like, pushed him out of the way of the Jaeger that was falling when the drones attacked, and I don't remember her from any other time before. It was like they just shoved this random hot chick <laughs> from behind the camera to be like, oh, you're in the movie now. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> sure. Cool. It, it's a movie that has that's failed on like all of the major points. The The plot is too convoluted. You don't care about the characters. The cinematography is mediocre at best. Mediocre. Uh, and there's... My li- note is straight characters are kissing for no reason now. Question mark. And there's nothing going on in the movie that is interesting enough for you to suspend your disbelief. No. There's no point in which... I'm watching uh, John Boyega's character, who is Stacker Pentecost's son. I don't know that we said that. Um, by fucking Sriracha. <laughs> Did you see on the wall behind him in that scene, they had like kaiju Banksy like stencil art on the Stop wall? It. Yeah. Nah. I saw that. I didn't make a note of it, but it's burnt into my retinas now. It's just like okay. Do you remember that time they got Banksy to do the, an intro for The Simpsons? Yes, I do really remember weird. that very well. Actually, it was very very weird. Um, what was I? Uh, I forget what else I was gonna say. But no, like I I don't know. And just the Jaeger designs were very uninspired. Like, why Why is this one called Gypsy Avenger? 
There's no ties to the original Gypsy Danger. No. Maybe if Mako was piloting it? I mean, maybe then? Okay, I could get into it then, but... Are we just calling it that because that's what one of them was called in the first movie? Can can I make a comparison for this movie? And Gypsy Danger is a much cooler name than Gypsy Avenger. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead, honey. Uh, uh, this this movie is to Pacific Rim as very curious Independence Day resurgence is to Independence Day. Yes, you're absolutely right. You have a bunch of children that you that are superfluous to the plot. You're doing all of this, like, shit you really don't need to be doing while basically telling the story of the first movie all over again. You've got kids of the main uh, uh, actors from the first movie farting around. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it ends oh the God. same way with someone saying, we're going after them. I'm leaning against my microphone. In. Oh, yeah. It's exactly the same. It is. It's exactly the same. Well, didn't Independence Day Resurgencer make, like... It made decent money, didn't it? Or no, did it completely bomb? As far as I know, it bombed. But well, here's the other thing about that movie is, and please go back and listen to our episode on it because it was one of our, our first episodes of uh, after the movie. I believe you were still under the uh, Beyond the Red Waste banner when we did that. Um, there had a lot of ideas in that movie too. I still remember sitting there watching it. There's the uh, uh, I don't know if he was the African military guy. And he's like, oh, one of those things fell down near my village and we had a ground war with them for the last 15 years. They both suffered from the same problem. I'm sorry! Don't say that! That sounds rad as fuck! Like, they, that's the movie I want to watch! There's a time jump in both of them, and a lot of stuff happened in that time that's interesting. Exactly. I don't think you needed to jump 10 years. Why not 5? That would have made a little... That would have been fine. You know? Because it's just... It's just a whole bunch of shit I can't be bothered to give a crap about. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that I did care about from the first movie, you either killed in a fucking helicopter or you kept those two characters apart the entire movie, giving them one good scene in the movie, which I would argue was probably the best scene of the movie, and then left that all unresolved. With just enough... just, Just enough there... For the internet to be like, well, thank you. We'll take it from here. (laughs) Yeah, so... You almost wish... Because that first movie ends perfectly. There's no dumb, you know, sequel setup or anything. It's just the movie is over. We did what we needed to do. Lost some people, but... Good. Ends great. You know, it ends like one of those old, like... 80s action movies mm-hmm. where okay the the action is over we've noted that the heroes have survived we out later cue the cool music you know it's it's especially like well and that's something that's frustrating about movies today is well everything has to be a franchise it has to be a franchise but you don't need to leave it 
on necessarily on a cliffhanger to get people to want to come. This isn't a TV show where the where the first 21 minutes of the show were such shit that you need the one minute cliffhanger at the end. Otherwise, people aren't going to watch the next 21 minutes of shit. Can, can we have Netflix or Amazon or somebody buy the license and be like, yeah, we're doing it? This would be great as an animated show. Launch off from the first movie, ignore this shit, take some of the ideas that were there, and go forward with it. And don't be cowards. Love is love. But, no, I'd rather you not even bother. You know? Like, just leave it the fuck alone then. If if this is what you're gonna do... Because we were all excited. Remember before we were talking with, you know, like Jack and folks and Mm -hmm. people who did enjoy that first movie because it's fucking delightful. Like, oh, yeah, cool, sequel. And you see that first trailer and you're like, oh, no, what did they do? Well, the first thing was when they lost Guillermo as director. And that was like, but you were like, okay, I'll still give it a chance because it's still the big robots fighting. Right, exactly. So, and I mean, there is some semblance of of joy just from that, you know? Like, when they did start doing it at the end. It didn't really then, work for me. Well, look at the look at the, the combat from the first movie. Was, There's a point where he picks up a tanker and uses it as a bat. I mean, thank you. Well, they're using the environments, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, in a way that makes sense. And they're like, oh, the sword was really good. Let's sword this time. The whole time. Oh, oh, Robert. Thank you. I had forgotten. <laughs> Reference my notes here. So, they, the, the, the first, like, rogue drone is what they call it. It has a name, too. Who can fucking be bothered? I think it was Omega something. I don't care. This is the one that kills Mako. So fuck it to hell. So, yes, Gypsy Avenger has a sword like the first movie. And then the evil robot has two swords. That are on fire. (laughs) Uh, Flaming, raging, poisoning swords of doom, if you will. For those of you out there who watch The Adventure Zone. And by watch, I mean listen. Though the best is that later in the movie when Gypsy Danger has those swords. <laughs> and you're just like, fuck all of this. It's just so... Fuck all of it and fuck all of you. It just, it just doesn't... Not, stuff doesn't add up in this movie. At all. Um, and it just... It's not... It's not that doesn't add up in a fun way, right? No, this never teetered into fun bad. No. And I think the the hard part about fun bad is when it's it's a sequel to something you love. And I think it's fair to say that we both love that first movie. Mm-hmm. With all of our hearts. And when it falls on its face so hard and it doesn't try anything new or different. It's really hard to go from something that was genuinely very good to a fun bad situation. 
because, and be satisfied by yeah, it. Yeah, because you're just you're just gonna be sitting there saying the whole time, well, mm. right? You know, um, and generally speaking, there are two. You you arrive at fun bad one of two ways. Ooh, are we getting into a discussion of fun bad? We are gonna discuss. This fun is bad this for is dangerous waters, Bob. Because fun bad is different for everyone. It is different for everyone. But I think you you get to fun bad one of two ways. One, you intentionally set out to make something fun bad. And you understand what you're doing. Mm. Uh, what would you're you, self-aware. What, what, what would you posit then is an example of that? Because I think that sometimes when you try too hard, you end up with a Sharknado. I'm thinking more along the lines of a lot of the Fast and Furious movies. Those aren't good movies. You don't think they think they're making good movies, Bob? They think they think they're making good movies. But they're self-aware. Eh, there's some winking and nudging in these later ones. The but, Rock I mean, breaking at, a cast. Look at the yes. last movie. That's fun, bad. Oh they know god. it's goofy. They oh, know it's cast. dumb. Oh my god, that cast, Bob. Oh my god, where did Helen Mirren come from? <laughs> Helen Mirren came out of nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's fun, bad, and it's 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 meant to be. Um, the, but most fun bad movies are complete accidents. Yes. Where they were really trying, they were going for the Oscar. See, to me, that an essential part of fun bad is torturing you during the viewing of the movie. <laughs> so I would posit Transformers 5. Quite fun bad. Um, uh, no. Jurassic uh, World 2. Fallen Kingdom. Oh. oh. Though that, that really was just like... But there were parts where I was I was laughing out loud in that one as well. And watching your anguish, it feeds me, it sustains me. But this did not get there. It never got to fun bad. Not even when the like, what were the things that like ate the skin of the three kaiju's at the end? It morphed them and together. then fused them together. Uh, that was really fucking stupid. Because I don't even think we established that at the beginning. It's just there are these like little just nano appear. things that Charlie Day summons, and you're like, also he's just on a like oh, we're in a city. We think we're in Tokyo, right? Yes, we're in Tokyo. Neo Tokyo or Mega Tokyo, whatever the fuck they called it. Um, and it's four or five giant robots fighting three giant kaiju, and Charlie Day is just on one of these skyscrapers. Just hanging out and watching. He's got a weird looking tablet. Cackling like a madman. Because he's the villain? Sure. Like something, guys. You gotta give me something. Little nosebleed. Oh, fighting, huh? Mm, too bad. Now I'm gonna kill your friends. <laughs> but yeah, that was really dumb. We we got a Godzilla kaiju. Huh? Is that supposed to be like Godzilla? I don't know. That's kind of what I thought of. No. I mean, it's impossible not to watch one of these movies and not think of Godzilla. You know what else they had a reference to in this movie? It's not a reference. It was just blatantly. No, Here's they, a statue. they thought it was a reference, Bob. There's just a Gundam statue in this movie. <laughs> to the point where, like, the character, like, falls in front of it and I'm like... Is there just a Gundam? Is, can she pilot that? Is she gonna get in there? Like what? 
What are we doing? Why is that there? We don't reference it. There's just a visual of it. It's like when uh, uh, the video for fucking... Uh, what was the Linkin Park album that had the Gundams on it? Where they got the video and the Gundam is just there. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, that's a Gundam. And? Littering and? Uh, how about that random brain? Remember the random brain that they were like oh, to yeah. try and drift with? <laughs> yeah. That they were supposed to practice drifting with? It was like Katie or something? No, its name was Sarah. Like Sarah Bellum. It's clever, Bob. So clever the Powerpuff Girls did it like 15 fucking years ago. Like, how am I supposed to drift with this random brain? Where did this brain come from? <laughs> Whose brain is this? Did you guys grow this? Is it a cloned brain? Is it the brain of one of the old pilots? There's a story! It's Raleigh's brain. That's something? They set up that memorial for Mako very quickly. <laughs> What's the other thing? How much time is going by? What's going on? Anchor me somewhere. You know how they could have anchored the story. You know what I'm going to say. True love, Bob. True love. They could have used helicopters instead of the stupid fancy j- jets. Okay. All right. Like, that little detail from that first movie, the helicopters, I know that's an Eva thing, but that was cool. It was really, really cool, you know? Just the visual of them, like, bringing, and then the helicopters were there throughout the fights. They served a purpose, because it was night, and they were trying to keep visual on the monsters right. with the lights. Thought through. Thinking things through. But you don't need them during the day. Because it's daylight. And I did appreciate, because it was Herman who came up with the uh, uh, the kaiju blood as, like, is very reactive and uh, that was it was a result of him drifting with uh, Charlie Day's character from the first movie. He kind of because Charlie Day was the biologist, if you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. He kind of got that because when you you take on the characteristics or you know of the person that you drift with, I appreciated that little bit of continuity. Though it's it's it is continuity, so I'm assuming it was just an accident. And they were like, well, we need somebody to be the scientist here, and Charlie Day's in the private sector, fucking that brain or whatever. To that, what with the I want to know what love is song. What are we doing? What are we doing? We need to watch. Uh, oh, we got paid though, so I appreciate that. The Nightman episode. <laughs> yes, we do. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, you haven't? I've never seen that. I've only ever watched, apart from what we've mainlined this weekend, the first season. And I am happy that I've continued because everything I've watched so far is a thousand times better than that first season. Day man. Whoa. <laughs> Fighter of the night man. Whoa. So in your opinion, the, uh, the day man musical better or worse than a Pacific Rim uprising? Champion of the sun. <laughs> oh, uh, so much better. So the rape we- scene really makes it. <laughs> I mean, it's that show, so of, of course. <laughs> of course. 
but <laughs> um it it just it's frustrating to see a movie that has a lot of interesting ideas. I won't go as far as to call them good, but there's interesting ideas there. They clearly had some ideas for these main characters from the first movie, but then for whatever reason we had to bring in fucking Scott Eastwood or whatever because he was so memorable in was know, that who it was? Furious Eight or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Generic white man. We're just sticking him in movies now. Like, I don't know you. You're not who I came to this party with. Away. The only enjoyable part about him in Fast Eight was when The Rock turned him upside down, pinned against the wall. Like, The Rock looked like the Hulk standing next to him. <laughs> oh Remember God. watching Doom a few weeks ago? Oh, why didn't we record about Doom? I don't know. That movie's great. Oh, we may have to record. That's fun bad. That is that is fun bad. I will give you that. Doom is a is a and that's not really our thing. We don't really watch the older movies and review those. That's we talk about the newer stuff. But that is a perfect example of fun bad because that got there. Because <laughs> you're watching that shit and you're just like, what are we? Do- oh, 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 we're doing this. Okay. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. I am on fucking board. With Baby the Rock and Baby uh Well, it bones. is funny to look at him back in that movie and see how much smaller he is. Well, cuz when he was in the WWE, he was jacked as shit, and then he went to Hollywood for a little while, did a couple movies, and he did get smaller cuz he wasn't, you know, whatevs. And now he's like, nah, fuck it, I'm the fucking Rock. I'll do whatever the fuck I want." <laughs> It's all natural. So now he's jacked as shit again. Natty. Natty, baby. All right, let's see here. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's... uh. Yeah, I just got a lot of these kids are fucking terrible. Everything is crazy rushed. Uh, Lots of shocking Charlie Day is evil now. And yeah, that's kind of... Oofa Doofa was the last thing that I wrote. Oofa Doofa? Oofa Doofa. Because Oofa is usually the... Ugh, but Oofa Doofa is just like, fuck, man. Where do we even go from here? <laughs> hey, here, here's something we should look at real quick. What's that, darling? Uh, what's What other uh, uh, Scott Eastwood movies should we not watch? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you what else he's been in. He he was in Suicide Squad, evidently. Who was he in Suicide Squad? Lieutenant Lu- Lieutenant <laughs> Lieutenant G Q Edwards. There's one thing you could talk about a little bit. I think if you're gonna write that ship at all, James Gunn is the right person to hire. I I think that's a fair point. You just gotta let him go. Which I would assume that you... Well, I don't know. It's Warner Brothers. Well, it's Warner Brothers, and even though he he has shown he can do it, now he's on a... They could be seen as like, oh, we're giving you the olive branch, so you'll do what we say kind of thing. I hope not. I hope they let him go. Well, the whole thing is if you're going to hire a director like that for a movie like Suicide Squad, you need to let... You, no, yeah. Go ahead. We don't know what we're talking about, obviously. Do your thing, man. Yep. Just do your thing. 
don't worry about this greater like continuity let's not worry about well because i wonder because isn't the the company that did pacific rim isn't it the same company that has godzilla and uh, king kong and all that is it or kong legendary i want to say legendary yeah so i'm like here for the monster verse because i'm getting king Ghidorah this fucking summer and guys i cannot tell you how excited i am about that but you can't like you said the the sequel setup at the end no you know who legendary owns who legendary owns yep who are their subsidiaries not off the top of my head. Uh, Asylum Entertainment, whatever that is. You don't know what Asylum is? Asylum is that cheapy uh, movie studio that makes the, like, it wasn't Pacific Rim, it was Atlantic Rim. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that. Nice. 533, don't know that one. Uh, Amy Poehler's Smart Girls. Oh, interesting. Nerdist Industries. Hmm. And... Geek and Sundry? Geek and Sundry. There you go. So, oh, 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 Robert. Robert. Why is Matthew Mercer not fucking working on the next Pacific Rim movie? (laughs) Well, and there's a question. How much money did Pacific Rim 2 make? Let's see. I'm just curious. Wiki, tell me. Here, you look that up. I'm going to look up the it first It made movie. $290.5 million box office. Against? $176 million budget. So it made money. I think most of it was overseas. It probably didn't make money after. That's the weird thing with those budget numbers. Oh, no, no. I know you don't get a lot of the, the uh, uh, marketing budget in there. But what did the first movie do? Let's, I wouldn't say similar. Let's see here. This shouldn't be too hard for me to find. Because the original made a lot of money overseas, too, I want to say. Yeah, I remember that much. So the first one made $411 million off of a $200 million budget. Okay, so more successful, though. Yeah. Also, poster for Pacific Rim. Can we get that downstairs? Can I see that again? <laughs> okay. Can I also take issue with fucking Rise Up. All right. We are living in a post-Hamilton world. We are living in a post-Hamilton world. Do not rise up. Do not rise up to me. Sir. What was the uprising anyways? They just didn't want to call it resurgence or revengeance or revenge or... Revenge society? <laughs> I think it's the peril partnership now. <laughs> what, was, what are we looking forward to watching for the rest of the year, Erica, since we're clearly done talking about Uprising? <laughs> I mean, I can... I Yeah, I, I won't bore you guys with my fangirling. That's what Tumblr is for. Um... What else is... Uh, I really want to see the new Halloween. I heard that's supposed to be good. Uh, there's a National Geographic uh, movie out there that I want to watch that we probably wouldn't... Well, I don't know if we would do it on the show or not. Uh, Free Solo. Mm-hmm. I have, and if we end up doing it, uh, a 
odd fascination with uh, the world of uh, professional mountain climbing. Uh, it's enamoring to me. So if we do see that and do an episode on it, I would I'll, I'll discuss that further then. But um, I also kind of wanted to see that dumb. It was a Halloween movie where it's like Hell Park or Hell Night or something. We saw a preview for it. The last time we actually went to the movies. And it was like, oh, it's a big, like, haunted amusement park and there's a killer in there for real. Mostly because it's an idea I had for a story. And it really pissed me off that somebody else made it. <laughs> but I did want to see that because that looked like it could teeter into fun bed. Um, and then you start getting into the holidays. You've got Aquaman, which I couldn't care fucking less about. Um, How about the Grinch? Oh, oh no. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but it's Benedict Cumberbatch this time. No, I'm good. Thank you. Benedict uh, <laughs> Cumberbatch. I'm good. Thank you. You see, he has a, a biography. Yeah, you told me about that. You, you've, you've referenced it a fair amount. <laughs> um, Are we getting another Marvel movie this year? I don't think so. No, I think we wait for Captain Marvel's in like March, right? Yes think so and then there's still a fair amount that we didn't see we haven't seen ant-man and wasp we haven't seen um (sighs) there were a few other things that um we were gonna watch but we ended up not for whatever reason we do still have to re-record our wonder woman episode (laughs) (laughs) is there anything that you were looking forward to couldn't think of a thing I really couldn't. There's nothing on the horizon that... Well, no, the only thing I can think of, I'm not sure when it's coming out, uh, John Wick 3. Not soon enough. I think it's May of next year. Mm-hmm. There was something else coming out in May next year that I was vaguely interested in, but I can't remember now. Uh, that's like... That's a ways off, too, though. Yeah, it's not close. But there's still a fair amount. I mean, I'm sure if we go back and we, we listen to what we were talking about on the previous episodes, that there was stuff that we wanted to watch that we ended up not getting to for whatever reason. Um, maybe some stuff from last year, too, that we didn't get a chance to see for, again, whatever reason. Um, but I will say it is kind of nice to be doing it in the house. This is a little easier than going to the movie... You know, cheaper later at night it is cheaper you don't have to deal with insufferable mouth breathers bob bob doesn't like going to the theater anymore <laughs> fuck what else i feel like there's something else coming out I do don't we know. need do we need to do an episode after akira oh we're definitely going to do an episode after akira because ladies and gentlemen bob has never seen akira it's which is so weird to me because like i had this We'll call it an anime awakening when I was, like, 12. Uh, and it was just when you could, like, go to Suncoast. And it was, like, right after it was, like, tape trading. You could actually go and find shit and buy it at, like, Suncoast or Coconuts or whatever the fuck. It was astronomically expensive, but you could find it. And um, uh, for me, it was, like, Pokemon and Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z especially that kind of launched me into that. And it made me the fat nerd that sits before you now. But, um, yeah, Akira was one of those first, like, movies that I bought that I was like, oh, oh shit, well, this is rad as fuck. And it looked beautiful on the TV. 
fuck yourself. <laughs> it's also showing at the music box in uh, the city. That's more what I was referring in to. In December. And that, I would really like to go see that. Wasn't there something else? There's always fun stuff. Like, the music box has a ton of shit coming up. Wasn't... One like those Fathom events showing at the... Th- oh, Die Hard? Oh, yes. Is going to be at the theater? Yes. Though that's one I like to watch, you know, on Christmas morning with the nice strata in my jammies. In my now I have a shotgun ho 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 shirt that I love so well. But what plane movies have you watched, Bob? We were in uh, flights recently. I know I we talked to, about it a I little tried bit to on watch uh, Solo. And didn't get too far? No, it didn't, did not get very far at all. I watched Isle of Dogs and it made me cry on the plane, which is always fun. It was a good movie. But I'm a Wes Anderson stan, so. You didn't watch anything else? Well, we know what else you watched. We discussed it at length on Subtle Interference. What would you like to do it for us? Just make sure you don't destroy the nice people's ears. Is this how we're ending the show today? Sure. As always, folks, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, go check out teampoomknife.com for other podcasts. We've got Subtle Interference where we rant about shit with Alex. Uh, After the Movie's Back catalog is up there. Uh, Oof, I wrote that, which uh, currently isn't updating, but we uh, hopefully will get back to that shortly. Um, got Improvised Weapons, which is our uh, real play D&D podcast with our, our friends from Vermont. And then we've got the, uh, unfortunately still stagnant Beyond the Red Waste, because uh, Game of Thrones is never coming back. And we're just going to have to deal with that. So uh, have a lovely evening. And Bob, please take us out. One punch! This has been a Puma Knife production.